You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, I'm Matthew Wieland. Over the course of the last couple years, IBM, famously known as Big Blue, has begun a significant shift toward the green end of the spectrum. With the launch of its Big Green Innovations program in 2007, the company has been making big plans to apply its technological and organizational skills to all sorts of environmental problems, including carbon management systems, smart grid technologies, and environmental modeling. IBM is also getting serious about developing technologies to improve water management, including large-scale projects underway in Latin American watersheds, Dutch levees, and New York's Hudson River. And IBM is now hoping to take the process to the next level by creating an ambitious nonprofit water education organization. WaterOrg, as the project is temporarily named, aims to bring together all of the many stakeholders involved with managing bodies of water, with the goal of developing standards for sharing information about water availability and quality, and showing how cutting-edge information technology can make the use of our most precious resource all the more efficient. I spoke with Peter Williams, IBM's Chief Technology Officer for Big Green Innovations, about the launch of WaterOrg, what he thinks it can accomplish, and how the company and its future partners in the organization will achieve success. Peter, thanks so much for taking the time to talk today. We're here to talk about a new project that you're working on at IBM. It's called WaterOrg. As a good place to start, just give me a thumbnail sketch. What is WaterOrg? WaterOrg is our... um shorthand title at this point for a concept. When you look at the uh, water industry, um, a number of things um, become very apparent. The first is how um, fragmented it is. And the second is how, um, in our view, and in the view of a number of other people we've spoken to, it doesn't use uh, advanced information technology as effectively or as extensively as it might. Um, There's a lot of reasons for that. But given the um, likelihood with which um, water is going to come under uh, being increasingly scarce, and the price of water is going to um, increase in the future as well. We believe that the role for um, more advanced information technology in uh, improving water management decisions um, has never been more obvious. Just as an example, yesterday I was at a a meeting sponsored by the um, uh, Western Governors Association, and literally every speaker referred to either the need for more information or the fact that the information was there but it was split and fragmented or again, the fact that the information was there, but they, they had no tooling and no time and no bandwidth to use it. Um, what WaterOrg is about doing is bringing awareness to the water industry of um, exactly what advanced information technology is capable of doing. And it wants to do that in a particular way. Um, it wants to do it by um, encouraging interagency collaboration. Um, around um, particular water resources, let's say for the sake of argument, um, Chesapeake Bay or uh, the Mississippi or the Ogallala Aquifer or uh, the San Francisco, um, sorry, I beg your pardon, the Sacramento River Delta, to provide the information base that will allow those, the, the agencies that are involved in it with each of those resources to collaborate together so that at least they've got one version of the truth. They might disagree on decisions, but at least they're disagreeing from the same information base. Um, There are precedents for that. The um, Republican River um, in the Midwest, um, the water agencies along that, the state agencies collaborate extensively. And yeah, I believe they um, argue extensively about, you know, the appropriate 
uh, way to manage the river, but at least they're making the arguments from the same basis of information. And that's something that we want to achieve uh, more uh, generally. What we're doing with Waterorg is patterned uh, quite closely on a, uh, a, another IBM initiative, um, in the, this time in the electricity sector, that um, has been very successful. Um, we have um, partnered with the Department of Energy. Um, we and another number of other organisations, I should add, have part partnered with the um, Department of Energy to create um, a thing called Gridwise.org. Part of the purpose of Gridwise.org um, is very analogous to what we're trying to do here, which is to make the electricity transmission and distribution industry aware of the benefits that advanced information technology can bring to their industry. It also does things like foster collaboration between central and local agencies. Um, it does things like um, identify reference architectures, technology architectures and standards, which are other things that we want uh, Waterorg to, um, uh, to become involved with. So what we're doing is um, basically pattern very closely on that. Our way of trying to build the thing up is at the, right at this time, you know, right now, we are uh, in the process of um, soliciting interest from a group of um, organizations that we hope very much will include uh, water industry associations, uh, some water utilities, uh, water agencies in other words, and uh, ideally also some large private sector water users as well. Um, so that we've got a nucleus around which we can build this thing. Um, it's also important to add um, that we are, um, we entirely expect that um, IBM's competitors will be members of this organization as well. Um, it'll be based um, entirely on open standards um, and it's not designed to um, uh, basically uh, advance IBM's agenda per se. It's, it is genuinely designed to do a bit of good for the water industry as a whole. And to that extent, if our competitors join it, then they're, they're, they will be very welcome. Obviously, we've got our ideas on what we want the thing to achieve, but as other organizations become interested, they're going to have their ideas too, and you know, the, the end result is going to be an amalgamation of all of those. Let's talk a little bit about what outcomes IBM is, is looking at from this. I know from reading the prospectus, there are a handful of different applications for this, but perfect world situation, what is WaterOrg going to accomplish? In a perfect world situation, water oil will um, basically um, stimulate um, a number of successful collaborations between agencies um, that will enable them to manage um, the nation's water resources more effectively. Um, it will stimulate the creation of standards that will allow the um, uh, better exchange of um, information within the water industry, um, and it will accelerate the adoption of information technology. Um, you know, the, the sound bite we use is bringing information flow to water flow. That's fundamentally um, what we're trying to achieve. And some of the applications for this in terms of managing water flow in, you know, drought prone areas or just in heavy agricultural areas, what are some of the potential uses for this? Okay, um, so it would be, might be organizations collaborating to um, record water usage from a particular uh, river or from, let's say, the Great Lakes or, you know, whatever, the Ogallala Aquifer, whatever resource you're talking about. It might be organizations collaborating to share water quality data so that you can form a picture um, for the entire water resource, not just for small parts of it. It might be organizations collaborating to manage levies. The idea being that, um, as I say, you bring these organizations together, you enable them, you provide the tooling to enable them to work together to create the information base that they work from, um, and you've, 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 you've added value to society by doing that. And at the same time, we've then um, created um, uh, showpieces, we hope, for the, for the 
the value that information technology can bring to water management. And there are some industrial applications for this as well, for water-intensive industries to get a grip on exactly what their water use is and ways to make that more efficient? It could potentially work in that area, but the, the, the primary impact we're aiming at, first of all, is, um, I mean, if you've got a, a heavily water-extractive industry in a specific area, you can't manage the water resources in an, in an integrated way without involving that industry. Um, and if we can provide the basis for the conversations that are necessary for that to happen, then again, we've added value. We do, um, not through a water organization, but we're already finding, for example, in the Netherlands, um, where we're doing water work, that um, a lot of industries are actually very, a lot of, uh, sorry, agencies are actually very willing to talk to each other through IBM, whereas they wouldn't necessarily be willing to talk to each other directly. And we're finding that people look at us as, as kind of a neutral broker. Um, and you know, if that's a role that we can play um, in the course of going about our work, then that's absolutely fine. We have no objection to that. Uh, indeed, we welcome it. Why do you think that is? I think it's partly because, uh, well, I think it's partly, I guess, because we um, have not historically been very active in the water industry, and, and we're relatively new. Um, but I think it's partly because people are beginning to recognize the strength of our um, kind of um, argument, if you will, around the, you know, the notion that, a large part of water management is information management. And, um, you know, that's, that's the argument we've been advancing all along. And um, slowly and surely, people are starting to get the message. As I say, it was very, very apparent at this conference that I've just been to um, over the last couple of days, just as the most recent example. And although true that IBM is relatively new to the water business or even just studying water, you have been doing some work on this type of water management uh, around the world. I know we've talked in the past about the Great Rivers Project in Latin America. There's this Netherlands levy project. Uh, tell me a little bit about what IBM is, is currently working on on the waterfront. So the things we have going on at the moment on the waterfront, firstly, um, as you referred, the Great Rivers work is ongoing. Um, I believe that's due to produce its first public deliverables uh, either late this year or early next year. Um, the, the work we're doing in the Netherlands is, um, I'd say, it's around this uh, project called Eikdijk, which is Dutch for reference levy or calibration levy, where we are um, instrumenting um, a levy which is then deliberately broken. Um, we monitor it remotely, and this is the, the new news because a lot of the remote, a lot of the monitoring is um, traditionally done to a hard drive mounted in a shed somewhere on site. We're monitoring the thing remotely. Um, and from this information, we'll get the signature of what a levy looks like when it's breaking. And we're working with um, Deltares and uh, TNO, uh, two Dutch organizations, to um, develop a concept for a smart levy, a levy that is capable of reporting its own condition and reporting when it's under stress. I mean, and, and you know, that could save hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of property um, and economic activity, and potentially it could save hundreds of lives too. Um, the work that um, I believe you're familiar with on the Hudson River um, is a collaboration with the Beacon Institute and basically it is um, creating um, a real-time picture of about 300 of the water condition in about 300 miles of the Hudson River. Um, there will be multiple sensors mounted on buoys in the river and also on little um, autonomous underwater vehicles. Um, they, uh, the data comes in, it's processed through a piece of IBM software called System S um, that we believe has um, unique capabilities to process streaming data and generate conclusions on the fly as the data comes in. 
Southern, for the, you know, for the first time, you have the capability capability of taking genuinely immediate responses to a condition that's um, that's developing in the river. Um, so that work is, um, as I say, that is ongoing. Um, I believe we are um, just getting to the point of um, uh, actually moving towards the first phase of implementation of that. Given all of this diverse work that IBM is doing around water, what are some of the obstacles or challenges that you're looking at? Uh, whether it's moving towards large-scale water management or just the kinds of obstacles that you'll need to to overcome to get water org underway? Uh, I think the biggest single obstacle will be the um, inherent conservatism of the water industry. Um, it is not clear. Um, while there are specific examples of collaboration, and indeed some very good examples of collaboration, I heard about several of them in this conference I've just been at, it's not the norm. And, um, you know, it, 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 it needs to become the norm. That's why we're creating water org. As I say, we, encount, uh, we encountered very similar conditions in the, um, in the uh, electricity industry, which is why we joined Gridwise. And we've seen the role that it plays, and we think, well, um, wouldn't it be uh, a neat thing if we could do the same thing for the water industry, which is why this time we've taken it into our own hands to actually propose it. And thinking about the conservatism of the water industry, the tech industry, although not necessarily known as well for, for its conservatism, is certainly one that doesn't really have a deeply ingrained sense of cooperation and openness. And I know IBM mm -hmm. has pioneered the EcoPatents Conference, mm -hmm. which launched earlier this year. Uh, are there lessons that you've learned from to break down uh, walls between walls preventing cooperation in the tech industry that you see being applicable to water org? Yeah, I mean we we, we actually collaborate very extensively. Um, for example, you know there's a whole group of organisations that we work with around our um, chip architectures. Um, the lessons, I, I guess, is openness. You know, it's uh, proprietary standards, proprietary architectures, and so on. Absolutely don't help. Um, I think it's, you know, and then it's down to, um, you know, straightforward uh, sort of willingness to listen, um, being very clear as to what you're after, what your partners are after, and crafting, um, you know, approaches that get you to, that, 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 that satisfy um, all partners' objectives. I mean, those are the, it, it's, when it comes down to it, it's a cultural thing. Have you got the sense that thinking about, again, EcoPatents Commons or working with collaborating with tech industry partners that once uh, businesses or other organizations sort of get a taste of the benefits of collaboration that these walls sort of lower themselves that they realize there are benefits to working that's in this right. way? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, I mean, EcoPatent Commons is a very specific thing around intellectual property. Um, but at the end of the day, um, as I say, you know, uh, maybe a better example would be around our um, uh, semiconductor architectures where um, we routinely collaborate with a group of companies um, and as as you can um, infer for yourself that evidently works very well uh, the idea being that if you demonstrate the value of this and also I mean the, the, the other the other piece which we haven't discussed is the fact that water um, today is not priced properly um, it is increasingly going to be priced properly simply through the operation of supply and demand there isn't enough of it in the western United States something's got to, something's got to give it is going to attract a price I had a, a prediction in this conference I was at that water would increase by 2 to 3x over the next 10 to 15 years, excluding inflation. Um, so when that sort of stuff starts to happen, the um, return on investment calculations from taking action on the necessary scale become a lot easier to sustain. Um, that's going to help drive things forward as well. 
and that's going to help people think about collaboration because the generally speaking return on investment from dealing with stuff at a, at a you know at the level of the resource you're working with the entire river or whatever um, should exceed the return on investment from doing it piecemeal. So, what are the next steps? We've got the discussion document out. What do you need to go to take it to the next step? Uh, right now, we've got the discussion document out in many diverse directions. We need people to take a look at that, think about it, and come back to us and tell us what they think. We're trying to get a nucleus together um, with which we can then go and approach the federal government and say, you know, we, the undersigned, think the following. What do you think? Um, and to, to start that discussion. Now, the, the complication, obviously, is you've got, I mean, leaving aside the kind of shenanigans on Wall Street at the moment, you've got the presidential election and a change of administration. So we need to um, uh, think about how we, um, you know, how we time what we're doing with that. But my, my sense of it is that once the uh, administration, the incoming administration has got its kind of immediate um, priorities straightened out and has, you know, put steps in hand to start to achieve those, we, we then have an opportunity with some people who will be fairly new in office and hopefully fairly receptive to ideas to, um, to have that discussion with them. Peter, thanks so much for taking the time to talk. I look forward to hearing how uh, WaterWorks progresses. You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.